Use your time wisely before it's all gone. Today's episode is brought to you by SEO Pro Lab, the company that I trust to keep ServeNoMaster at the top of Google. To save 10%, use the coupon code ServeNoMaster at checkout. Go to servenomaster.com backslash SEO today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I'm still traveling on the road, and that means while I'm away from home, it's very difficult to create a normal schedule. It's very easy to let things slip behind. I'm about to step on a plane today that's going to take me around 18 hours to get back to America. I've got to fly from here to China, from China to LAX. It's a whole thing. It's so far. And it's easy when you have something like that in front of you to get thrown off course. I've been traveling. I had to travel to the capital first to do some passport stuff, to get my paperwork ready, to go back and forth. There's always something going on. There's always challenges in our life. There's always something different. And it's very important to be efficient and effective with our time because we only have so much. I recently had a big scare with my eyes and started to think, oh my gosh, what if I can never work again? What if I can't type again? What if I have to totally change my business model into someone who can't see anymore? I got very scared. I went through a whole medical thing. It was a very big trauma for me. And fortunately, everything's okay now. But before I went to the doctor, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. And so for a couple of days, I was really, really worried until I had access to a good eye doctor. And time has just been heavily on my mind. And we waste so much time without realizing it. There are so many things that we do every single day that are wasted time. And the more I get emails from people, the more I talk to people, the more I realize that It's really tough sometimes to have enough time to do the things we want to do. Every day, I have a list of tasks that I need to kind of get through for work. They're the tasks that I need to do, the tasks that I should do, and the tasks that I want to do. And I have to fight my way through the first two to get to the third, the stuff that I really, really enjoy. And what we need to do is develop structures and ways to increase the amount of time we have, increase our efficiency so we can spend more time doing the stuff we really want and the stuff that we really should, the stuff that will help us build our businesses for the future, the stuff that will help us plan for the future, the stuff that helps us take care of our kids, take care of our destiny, all of that stuff. So I want to start by thinking about how much time we waste every single day. One of the greatest wastes, and I've talked about this before, of course, is when we watch television, there are so many commercials. And even beyond that, Okay, so if you watch an hour of television, about 20 minutes of its commercials now, or at least 15 minutes of its commercials. So at least 25% of television now is commercials. And that's a wasted time. That's letting someone else market to you. And there are all these other little things we do throughout the day, whether it's checking email or playing on Facebook or playing on other social media platforms. I don't use most social media platforms for entertainment. For me, it's not fun. It's work. So I spend as little time doing those things as possible. Before I was working online, of course, I used to spend time playing the dumbest games online, the dumbest social media games. So my 
the way I treat time, of course, has changed as my life has changed. We have these little moments that are wasted. How about driving to and from work? When I had a corporate job about 15 years ago, I worked for a large company. I used to drive to and from work and it was 20 to 40 minutes each way. What you spend your time in the car doing can really change your path. How about your time in the bathroom? Most people likes to read in the bathroom or listen to some music. Maybe you've been, especially same job. When I had that same job, anytime I could go to the bathroom, the longer I can make the bathroom trip last, the better. It's like when you really hate your job, you're praying for a number two, just so you can justify going to the bathroom for a little longer. You hate your job, you pick up smoking so you can have more breaks. All of these moments, we can decide how we use that time. Do we use the time for entertainment? Do we use the time for more efficiency? Do we use the time to listen to stuff that's educational? One of the other things that I find fascinating, and I just finished writing my new book, Procrastination, there's a huge section about this, is meetings. Business meetings to me are almost universally a measure of the inefficiency of a company. It's really the best way to measure a company's health is to see how long and how frequently they have meetings. When I was younger and working as a volunteer in Wales, in the United Kingdom, when I was uh, 21, 22, I remember one day we were going into a school the next day to do a presentation, like a six-minute presentation. And every presentation, you start by playing a little fun game because you're like visiting school and you want the kids to have fun. We had an eight-hour meeting choosing what game to play first. Eight hours. And I'm watching the people around me. Of course, I'm filled with rage. Uh, By the end of the meeting, I'm thinking about choking everyone. All I can think about is these people are the worst. And of course, when you're in a meeting and you try to leave the meeting and they go, what, you don't care about what we're doing? You don't care about our business? If you try and leave, you're going to get fired. And I was like, how is this meeting a good use of time? People who are bad at their jobs, people who are inefficient, use meetings as a way to mask wasting time. And so they will say anything and do anything to make sure you have these really long meetings. And it's a total waste of time. I worked for plenty of companies in the past. I worked for a lot of different places. The longer the meetings, the worse the company. A really good meeting is very efficient. It's very targeted and it's quick. So we can look at not just how you use your time, but how your bosses use your time, how people around you use time. And when people don't respect my time, I hate them. It's one of the few things that I immediately respond with hate because it's the ultimate disrespect. The most precious thing that I possess is time. Same for you. Your time is so precious to me. I work so hard to put really tight, really good information into these podcasts to make them really quick because your time is so important to me. Last week, I wanted to listen to a podcast. By, there's a, I try to listen to other podcasts. I try to do that more and more. And there's a podcast by someone else who's an author. It's a podcast for authors. And it was about copywriting for authors. That was the topic. The podcast was 86 minutes long. I listened to the first 30 minutes and they hadn't discussed that topic yet. And it was just the host just rambling and rambling. And it kind of filled me, like I turned it off. I was like, why are you wasting my time? Why does your podcast have to be so long? Now, some people enjoy that because it's a weekly podcast. They want to have something really, really long. For me, especially for educational or business podcasts, get to the point. And I'm trying to do that for you right now by just giving you a thought to think about. We often think, oh, I don't have that much time. And we don't, but we need to start by thinking about time and efficiencies and time that we can use more effectively. I talked recently about what do you do when the power goes out. That's why I have my notebook with me. I have my notebook with me right in front of me right now. It's not just when the power goes out. I know that I cannot crack open my laptop when I'm on the flight tonight. 
airplanes have gotten smaller or maybe I've gotten bigger. My laptop's a 13-inch MacBook Air. It's small, okay? It's just about the smallest one you can have. A few years ago, I had one of those uh, netbooks that's like 10 inches. It was a nightmare. It was too small for my fingers. I tried that once. I tried really, really small. Didn't work for me. So I still have one, one of the smallest, but not the smallest, of course. And you still, you can't get it to open. And then into the back of the seat in front of you, unless you're flying first class or business class. And then, man, you don't want to. You're so comfortable, right? So depending on how I'm flying, it's very hard for me to work on airplanes. Now I know that. It's hard to open the laptop. It's hard to deal with a couple of other things. The air on the plane, I'm sure I'm going to have a cold tomorrow. The air on the plane, because it's so dry, always gives me a sore throat. I already have a sore throat from traveling I've been doing, you know, being in the big city where there's so much pollution. So you need to think about and prepare in advance ways to adapt to different situations. So I know that while I'm on this trip, I have a couple of books that I want to read on my Kindle, a couple of business books, and of course, a couple of science fiction, urban fantasy books. I'm going to try out a couple of new ones, and I've got some thrillers I'm working on. But I've also got my notebook, so I can write out, and I plan to write out at least 20 new podcast episode ideas. That's one of the things I can do. I can do a lot of notebook work on a plane. I'm good at that. There's, you know, there's things you can and can't do in different situations. In your car, you certainly can't crack out a notebook and start writing stuff down. But I was actually yesterday, speaking to efficiency, I got a message from one of my coaching students about dictation software. And I actually tried the, the new Dragon Dictation app on my phone. And it worked actually really, really good. So you can actually take notes right into your phone. I, he said something to me. I said, you know what? Let me just fire up my phone right now. Let's see if it works. I, hadn't test, I actually hadn't used it in a year this particular app, because I've been using it on my computer. But I said, you know, let's try it. And it worked really good. I'm so surprised. It worked way better than I was expecting. You can find ways to adapt whatever you're doing. So we want to be good with our own time. There are areas of time that are wasted. There are places where our businesses waste our time. The problem is we go to a lot of meetings and we get indoctrinated into thinking that a meeting is the same as working. Meeting is what people do to make it look like they're working when they're not. I've been to meetings that are very efficient and they're very fast. A really good meeting can be 20 minutes or less where everyone kind of explains what they're working on so everyone kind of has an assessment and it's quick. But meetings that meander, and that's usually like mid-level and below when the company have the bad meetings, we get trained to think that's part of business. So for example, for me, I try to avoid having meetings as much as possible, even phone meetings. If I hop on the phone with someone, I can end up talking for too long. So I don't do that many phone meetings too. We want to avoid things that put our mind in the wrong place or train us the wrong way. And media indoctrinates us. We talked about that recently, but so does our work environment. We get used to working in a certain way. And we don't use our time efficiently because we're so used to not using it efficiently. As a student, when I was younger, most teachers use time very inefficiently. I can tell you that the education system is all built upon dumb waypoints. Class length is determined arbitrarily. So they give you the length of a class and a lesson, and you have to teach the lesson for that class. And the class has to be this length. And sometimes, well, actually almost always, they don't match up. 90% of the time, the lesson can be done quicker. So I go, this is a 10 minute lesson that I've got to fill an hour and a half class. And you just start stretching it out. You got to fill that time. I was a very good tutor. I was not a very good teacher. In certain way, right? So I'm, I wasn't one, like one of those teachers on TV and, and movies. It's like so amazing. But I, was a, I mean, I was a good teacher, but not as good as I could have been because I was so limited. So I have to fill time and you're not allowed to go into the next lesson. So you're only allowed to teach a small lesson. And then sometimes they'll give you a lesson that's too big for today and you have the same problem. And you go, okay, you got to finish the lesson when you get home on your own. Good luck. 
That's one of the reasons why so many parents, you know, they're against Common Core because of this idea. Every day, the teacher has to teach a specific lesson. And it doesn't matter how many kids in the classroom. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. The lesson has to be a specific length and has to teach this message. And it does, it's not universal. Not every student in every class in, in America learns the exact same lesson in the fixed amount of time from a book. It's the rigidity that bothers parents the most. I totally get that. I'm definitely going to be homeschooling my kids. And people have started sending me really cool homeschool stuff already, like good homeschool advice. I love, when, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but when people send me advice like that, I almost always take it. <laughs> people send me advice about a book to read. Someone sent me advice about two books. Someone told me, sent me a book yesterday or two days ago about a book to teach my kids to read and a book to teach my kids to draw. And I already added them to my Amazon wish list. If you'd sent me the list a week ago, I would have ordered them so I could pick them up when I'm in America. Now it's, uh, it's a little tight to try and do that. I don't think I'll be able to do it this week. So I'll have to find another way to get those two books, but they're added to my list and I will acquire them. They're on my list of things that I'm going to acquire. I, gosh, I can't think of the last time someone sent me a recommendation and I didn't do it. (laughs) I don't get very many. I get one or two ideas a week from people, but if you have like a homeschool book or something you recommend, I'll probably look at it immediately. I'm very reactive to that stuff because I I love the two-way street of communication. But the problem with public education, it's not the teacher's. Okay. It's not, it's the system. It's a system that says you have to, every lesson has to be a specific length. You have to follow these rules. The more the complexity of the rules are, the less efficient time use is. So as children, we get used to inefficient time use. We get used to people who teach a certain way because they have to. That's why so many teachers get burned out after a few years. Every teacher is so excited the first three years. And by year 10, 20, They're just not into it anymore because they're not allowed to do what they want to do. And that's something that it's too bad. So I don't have a problem with teachers. I don't blame teachers at all. I blame the system. The same thing. A lot of people have problems with the police. It's the system. It's the rules. If the police didn't have to write a certain number of tickets every month in order to keep their jobs, if they didn't have to use speeding and other traffic violations as a form of tax to pay their own salaries, police would act very differently, right? They could spend more time solving crime. They could spend more time learning more advanced things. They could spend more time in their communities. They could spend more time using their time more efficiently. No one becomes a police officer because they want to pull people over. Okay. We never think about that, do we? It's not their desire. That's like the last thing you want to be doing as a cop. Everyone joins the police because they want to help people and they want to solve crimes, right? They watch all those amazing cop shows when they're kids. They want to go undercover. They want to solve murders, all things that are wonderful. There's no cop shows about wanting to write tickets, but then they get there and they go, oh, if you don't write 40 tickets a month, you're fired. Right. And they're not allowed, sometimes they're not allowed to say that, but they kind of hint that, hey, you got to, you don't hit your quota. Something bad could happen, but we can't say what. So it's the systems we get put into and darkness into thinking in certain ways. We grow up as children thinking, oh, time is really efficient. It's more about how you use time. Same thing with jobs. We go to job, we have to work the hours. When I used to work a job, when I was working at my high end university, I worked at the 17th best university in America. And they gave me a six month assignment and I fixed it in two hours. I said, okay, give me the whole assignment. Give me six. And I did it. They go, this will take you three to six months. And two hours later, I came back and I said, it's finished. What do you want me to do? Do I get the next six months off? Of course not. They had nothing left for me to do. That's one of the reasons they were looking for a way to fire me. Okay. They were already looking for excuses even before some of the other things that happened, even before they found my first blog. When you're super efficient, people that are inefficient start to hate you because your effort shines the light on their lack of effort. And universities are bureaucracies, just like teaching is. And teaching in school has a bit of bureaucracy. In university, it's a whole new level because it's a larger institution. And just like local government 
has some bureaucracy. As you get bigger, bureaucracy gets worse. When you go from dealing with local to state to national bureaucracy, it's a larger machine, which means the inefficiency goes through the roof. When I read that study, it's published in the Huffington Post and a few other places, it said that the average person at work spends more than six hours a day playing with email. It's 80% of your day. It's an eight-hour workday. We're trained to measure success in time rather than project completion. So we have to begin to change our mindset and change the things that we do. I used to really like listening to the Howard Stern show for entertainment. The problem is there are several, whether you like it or not, and I know that it's like offensive to some people and it's not even that. I didn't start listening to it actually when I was young. I listened to it only after he was on satellite radio because I had satellite radio. I was never in New York. I never lived in the East Coast. So I would listen to it because it was long. The reason I like listening to that radio show is because it's like four or five hours. I would listen to it because it's so long. So I'd only do one thing to have in my headphones all day. But I realized over time that it indoctrinated me into a certain number of thoughts. It affected the way I thought about talking to other people. It affected the way I thought about talking to women. He has a lot of mindsets that I realized were affecting my behavior. And I wasn't thinking about it. So I was using my time inefficiently. But then I switched to listening to my friend's podcast. I actually switched to listening to the Art of Charm podcast a lot. I interviewed Jordan just recently. I interviewed Jordan. I think it's episode 116 or maybe it's 118. But I interviewed Jordan very recently. He runs one of the biggest and most successful podcasts in the world. And I used to listen to it before I would go out. I would go out because I was like, I got to learn how to talk to women. I don't want to die alone. I got to figure out how to ask women on a date. And so I would listen to their show and then I would go to a bar, but then I'd get there and I couldn't do anything because I had too much fresh ideas in my mind. And I would be in a listening state. See, right now you're listening to me and you're in a listening state. To transition into talking is a big change your mind. It's a transition, kind of like in the morning when you wake up, the first words out of your mouth are a little bit tough. The first words out of my mouth were to you this morning. I woke up early. I'm in the city. You might be able to hear some road noise in the background. I can't believe it. 5, 10 in the morning, there's still people making noise outside, but I wanted to talk to you. And first talking and transitioning out of a listening into a talking state, transitioning from receptive into projecting state, I found that was a problem. So even when I thought I was using my time efficiently, and Jordan actually has a wonderful podcast, very educational, has some really amazing stuff. I mean, it's all about how to be charming. It's really, if you're in that place, it's really good. It's really into personal development, some really cool stuff, but I would be in a listening state and I couldn't talk to anyone. It would be hard for me to transition into talking. That's why I then switched to listening to Nickelback. (laughs) And I don't know why everyone, they're like the band everyone hates. I was actually talking to my friend about it the other day and I said, I got to double check. I got to double check. Maybe I'm missing something because I, before I'm going out, love listening to Nickelback. And I pulled up my mix. I still have it, a Spotify playlist of my five favorite Nickelback songs. They're not radio one. None of them are ones from, that you've heard on the radio. They're ones that are like, I guess, lesser known. I don't know, but they're the five in my going out mix because they, they're exciting. They're about going out and having a good time and having a couple of drinks. And I like to sing along with them. That's the key. When you sing along with it, then you're kind of participating, you're communicating, and it puts you in a communicative state of mind. So when I switched listening to Nickelback, I got much better at talking to women. I got much better at having fun when I go out. And all of that effort, of course, eventually led to where I am now, where I'm super married. You know, we're playing, we have two kids. My son just turned one. We're planning on having another child. I'm trying to wait three months so that I want all of my children born two years apart. I want to have that two-year separation. So we only have one kid in diapers at a time. That's the effort we're trying for. My wife, of course, wishes she was already pregnant right now. She loved being pregnant. She loves having kids. I love having kids too, but I want to have like a good separation. 
So hopefully come June, around June, we'll get a, we'll start having for another kid. I learned my lesson last time because the day she said, let's start trying. I said, okay, yeah, maybe we should have another child. She was pregnant the next day. So I've learned my lesson. I have to be super strict because if I even blink, she can get pregnant. Last time she got pregnant on the very first day. So as much as we think we're using our time efficiently, sometimes we're not. Sometimes the things we do actually aren't that great. So it's not always the best time for you to listen to this podcast. It's always best for you to listen. Sometimes you need to be in an expressive state rather than a receptive state. I talked to someone yesterday. I was talking to someone who's another amazing student who's older than me, generation before mine, greatest generation, not a millennial. And he only works in absolute silence. Now I listen to music about half the time and have a spectrum of what I listen to. I almost only listen to dance music, which means, and I have about seven or eight favorite stations. I listen to a website called Digitally Imported and it's just DJ mixes. And the reason I can do that, the reason I do that is that I can choose what level of like intensity I want, whether I want like really relaxed music, like background music. They have a channel that just sounds like the noise you'd hear between two space stations. It's like really atmospheric, really relaxed. There's no drums. It's just like, so any spectrum you want, right? Of the level of noise and the instrumentation you can choose. So I most of the time listen to music without words. If there's words, I get a level of distraction. So sometimes I listen to super intense, no words. And sometimes I listen to super intense with words, depending on I'm working on. And sometimes when I'm working, I watch television and movies but it's only when I'm working on specific stuff, only when I'm doing website building, which is a lot of uh, graphic stuff. It's kind of moving stuff around, not when I'm writing text on a website or when I'm doing graphic work, when I'm designing images like a product cover. For example, when I make a course, I then have to make an image that looks like the cover of a CD box for every single lesson, like 15 lessons. When I'm doing that, which is repetitive work, that's when I'll put on television. So only when I'm doing the most repetitive and least thought intensive of work. That's when I do those things. Everything we do, think about not just how it entertains you or how it educates you, but how it affects you. And what I want you to think about today, the lesson to think about today is how efficiently are you using your time? And a lot of my family's lawyers, my sister in her law firm, she has to fill out a little form to say what she used every three minute block of her time for at the end of the day. Lawyers love to bill clients. That's all about, it's all about billable hours. And instead of saying, oh, I worked for this client for an hour, it's, I worked for this client for nine minutes. When you write that down, you get billed for every three-minute block of time. And this is why lawyers don't take long lunches. Now, if you listen again, Jordan talked about this a great deal. If you're a Rainmaker lawyer, it's all about bringing in clients. But if you're a time lawyer, it's all about how you use your time. So especially when you're an earlier lawyer, that's why lawyers don't take long lunches, because lawyers get paid by time in a different way. They're not encouraged to use time inefficiently. They're encouraged to use as much time as possible, but to, and also to always be working. So that's why lawyers have a slightly different mindset. And I want you to be that way with your time. Think about how you spend your time always. Every single day, I'm always trying to be more efficient. I was talking to one of my friends who's an internet marketer as well, in a different market than me, but we often talk about things because we live near each other. And he was saying, oh, every day I have a to-do list and it's never finished. I have an eternal to-do list. And I was like, wow, I don't know what that's like. Thanks for telling me that because I have the same thing. I just released my new book, Procrastination, which you can find at servermaster.com backslash procrastination book. You can read about it at Procrastination. I think that's uh, the page right right about the book. I've been working on that page too. And I have, that's my part of a new series that I want to write because it's shorter books. That book is about 
20% of the length of Servant Master. There's me, I know, not, you don't always want a really long book. When I get a nonfiction book, I, shorter for me is better. <laughs> the shorter, the better for me, 100%. So, and I've been thinking a lot about time. So I wanted to put out a book about time. I'm really excited by that book. I wrote it. I'd already, I'd already had the outline written for a long time. And I just took an outline that was already heavily filled out. And I just rewrote a lot of it, changed a lot of where it was going and just made it really, really tight. I have from that series, I have the idea because I had a good talk with someone who gave me some good advice. I have in that series already about, I think, 30 or 35 topics for more books in that series. I'd love to be doing that all the time. I'd love to just be doing the next book, the next book, the next book and write and put out a book every single day. But I can't. I have other obligations. I have copywriting projects I'm doing for people. I'm coaching people. I'm still finishing 20K a day. I'm still finishing Control Your Fate, the next two books in the Sermon of Master series, which are long books. I can tell you right now that 20K a day is already a 100,000 word book. It's already the longest book in the series. The book about writing fast is also apparently the book about writing long. And Control Your Fate will probably be really long too because it's, I'm, it's a big topic. So I've, I've decided I want to have a mix, but there are all the things we want to be working on. And so time efficiency determines how we spend every day. Because at the end of the day, we have to have that moment where we go, okay, I got enough done or I'm one step closer. One of the things that came from my eye scare is that I've been... I kind of been breaking one of my rules. So the structure of my day is supposed to be, I wake up at 5 a.m., I record two podcasts. That means I finish recording around between 5.50 and 6 a.m. At 6 a.m., me and my wife, she gets up, and sometimes the kids have already woken her up. It depends. She's in the room with the two kids, and we, at 6 a.m., work out. Now, for a while, we were doing a lot of kettlebell stuff, but then the kids really love playing with kettlebells, and my kids and maybe all kids are like this, are crazy strong. So my daughter weighs 14 kilos and she can easily pick up and carry around my 10 kilo kettlebell. That doesn't really excite me because it's so heavy. I don't want to drop it on her foot or anything, but man, she's so strong. My son who weighs just under 10 kilos can almost lift it as well. And he loves playing with the kettlebells as well. So we've shifted to uh, doing a lot of yoga. And right now we're doing DDP yoga. I'll tell you exactly what we're doing. I'm really into it. I'm really into the Diamond Dallas Page yoga program. And here's why. He uses my time so efficiently. I have so much affection for the program because it's fast. So right now, there, you, know, you know when you get those like exercise videos, they have like 20 lessons or 10 lessons. And whether you're doing P90X or Insanity, I've done a bunch of them. You have to do repeats. It's the reason I got tired of P90 is because the guy tells the same like four or five. He tells the same. Well, he doesn't tell the same. He tells four or five jokes. But once you've watched the video five times, you know where all the jokes are. You know when they're coming and they kind of start to make you insane. So it's hard to find stuff that uses your time really well. And that doesn't annoy you when you watch it over and over again. And the video that I have to watch right now, the one I'm going to have to watch this morning by myself, doing yoga on a wooden floor by yourself is not fun. But it's 25 minutes. It's 25 minutes, by the end of the 25 minutes, I am shredded. Every muscle in my body is aching and I'm so sweaty. And unfortunately, his program, there's no longer an affiliate program, so I can't get a commission for recommending it, but I do use it. And I love that. It's very entertaining as well. I, the repeats don't bother me, which is amazing to me, but it's so efficient. I love that because we, we were doing these yoga programs. I don't have the ability to do like an hour-long yoga routine anymore. About 20 to 30 minutes in, I start looking at the clock. A few years ago, yeah, I would do hour, an hour and a half yogas. And maybe if I was on a yoga studio, I could do a longer session. But I just get bored and distracted. So I want to work out that's fast and tight, just keeps my attention. And this really does that. We have tons of exercise videos. We probably have 
like 20 or 30 exercise programs in the house. We've got Zumba ones and we've got Pio ones and we've got yoga, kettlebells, all these different things. And we have the spectrum with kettlebells too from some Russian ones where it's like super intense, like kettlebell make Russian strong, American weak. We have one of those guys who's amazing. It's so intense. And then we've got all the way to the other ones, which is like ladies teaching yoga, like let's do yoga and, and let's just burn the fat ladies. And I, I'll actually, I actually like those ones more because again, it's got that intensity, but when it's too long, I can't keep my focus. So I love when people use my time efficiently and I pay attention to that. So my day is just that. Now, then the problem I've been having is that I start work at seven. I eat, eat breakfast between seven and eight when they, I eat breakfast at my desk now because usually I'm just checking email and stuff or kind of doing my day warm up. Then at noon, I always eat lunch at noon. So I stop working and I eat lunch at noon and I take an hour off to kind of rest my head and rest my eyes no matter what. And I spend that hour like usually reading or like relaxing, sometimes playing with the kids. But the kids are with me for a lot of the day anyways. My kids are almost always in the room while I'm working. Probably 80% of the day, someone's in the room with me while I work. I love being with my kids. So only sometimes do I need like solo time. But then I'm supposed to end my day at 3 p.m. Okay, supposed to work from 7 to 3 p.m. and then just stop. That's kind of uh, the reason I want to stop at 3 is because that gives me an hour, two hour window to get on the ocean where it's not too bright. It's not like noon where the sun's directly above me, like cooking down, but it's like the perfect temp where I live. It's like the best time because the sun's like not too bright. It's not too in your eyes. It's nice. But lately I've been slipping past that. I've been staying and working until way long. Sometimes I'll work till 9 or 10 p.m. because I just want to finish projects. I'm working on too many different things. I overextend myself. And I realize it's hurt my eyes. It's why I'm having problems with my eyes. It's the punishment for working too hard. Not because I have to, but because I love what I do. Because I, want to t- I take on so many things. I want to be doing more things. And it's too much for my body. And my body has given me a sign. Hey, you're not using your time efficiently. You're being too much. You're doing too much work yourself. You're pushing yourself too hard. And a lot of the stuff I work on, it's stuff that I could just be a little slower. It's like, oh, I just wanted my book out faster, 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 faster. So you don't want to push yourself too far as well to the point where it starts to affect your health. You don't want to push yourself too far to where you're just taking on too much. You have these to-do lists and all these things. I can tell you right now, okay, you know, with every book I put out, I make a web page. That's why I have book for Serving a Master. I have Orbit for Breaking Orbit as their page. I got 20K a day, or it's the 20K page is already partially there. If you go to serve.com backslash 20K, uh, the page is partially done. It's a little bit done. The problem is when I did book, I set the bar for myself and that page is so long. That page was so long, it crashed my old web design. That's one of the reasons I had to switch to a new design. It was too long. I make these huge things and it becomes too much. So now I just released Procrastination. That book, the page isn't done for it. If you look, all that's there is a template and the actual cover of the book. So now, um, hopefully before this episode goes out next week, I'll have time to do the page. But the book is already out. I realized, you know what, man, I got an 80-20 it sometimes. Sometimes you got to put out stuff and pieces aren't finished. I got an email this weekend from a guy, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. In chapter 151 of Serve No Master, I promised a coupon for 50% off of Words to Profit Mastery for anyone who checks the bottom of that page. And I forgot that. I forgot. A year ago, I made a promise in a book, and I forgot to add that to that page. And several people over time have emailed me asking for that coupon. I go, man, where do I promise that? Is that an email? I was looking through old emails. I was looking at all I was like, where do I promise that? I don't remember that. And he sent me the exact spot in the book. He goes, no, it's chapter 151. That's why I know the number because I went and looked. And I go, oh man, I totally forgot that. So I then changed the book page. If you look at the bottom now, there's a bottom right down there where you can click a button, send a picture of your a review of Serve No Master and immediately get the coupon code. 
So now you don't have to wait for me to tell you. It automatically checks it and does it. I had set up a piece of software to do it for me. So it's really, it's there, it's there in place. You don't have to email me, ask for the code and kind of make it hard. I made it easy again. I forgot I made a promise, but someone told me and now I add it to the bottom of the page a year late. So sometimes things aren't all the way done. And this is again, the 80-20 rule. How efficiently are you using your time? The book's still been selling great. It's been very good, but I always want to do things better. It's okay when you notice that something wasn't done perfectly. It's better to get stuff out there quickly and keep improving it. And I love when people give me feedback. I love when people tell me about mistakes on the website because I know they're there and sometimes I forget. I still need to record a video for the start page. I can't do it right now because I want to record it somewhere beautiful. And right now, you know, who wants to see a hotel room? That's not exciting. So we want to use on a core level our time efficiently, both in mindset at work and in our entertainment. Think about how you spend your time. Think about how you can use it more efficiently. Think about how you can be more effectively and kind of just spend some time assessing your ego. How much of my time am I wasting? And is there a better way for me to use it? Have I just gotten used to operating in a certain way? We always see those people, especially people who are working in college who read a book while they're at their job. They're kind of doing two things at once. And it's the only way to use their time efficiently. Think about these things. Be like a lawyer. Check your time. I don't know if you have to do three-minute assessments, but it certainly will force you into using your time wisely. Now, I realize that this, ironically, this podcast episode is a little longer than some of the previous ones, but that's how important it is to me. And I just had a lot I wanted to share with you. So use your time wisely before it's gone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Join me on my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash serve no master.